Hey everybody, get ready for a new case on criminal motives behind the crime scene tape. My name is Jay and I co-host this podcast with my dad. My dad and I have both worked in law enforcement and we also specialize in security. Join us as we dive into some of these real life cases and find out what actually happens behind the scenes and what most people don't get to hear about. It's going to be a good one, so let's jump right in. Welcome to a special Sirens episode. I am here today with my husband, uh, Rick Rollins, and I have a special guest. Let's, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Okay. Go ahead. I am Jared Metcalf. I am the co-host of Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape, and I'm here by privilege (laughs) on the Sirens podcast. (laughs) Well, we are glad to have you. I wish that your other host could have joined us. Maybe we can have him next time. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> I'm here for technically for work, so I got a free trip out here. Yeah, he's he's still back at home and doing his thing there. But you were here, and you were like, "Hey, you guys have a cool podcast. Can I come hang out?" And I was like, "Right on." It's a good idea. That's so it. that's what we're doing. I'm glad that's we're it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, what we are going to talk about today is you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Mostly just you. Really put spotlight on. Mostly you. just yeah. you. Put the screws to you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Um. So tell us. Number one, can you tell us where you're from? Sure. Can you tell? Yeah, us? I'm. I'm a pretty open book. Okay. So tell us where you're from and what you do. So, I am from Florida in the Tampa area. I mean, technically born and raised in the county over Polk County. And I, how far back do we want to go? Like, <laughs> tell us the first time you ever got your heart um, broken. <laughs> mm, mm, too far. <laughs> Let's go back to, uh, I don't know, the beginning of your career. Let's see. Okay. When, where did you start? Okay, I can, I can go from there. All right. So... Growing up, I my dad was a cop when I was a kid, so okay. I always knew like he's a detective, right? He was. Okay. Yep he was he was with Polk County Sheriff's for a little while, and then he was with the detectives with them, and he was a detective for Sheriff Grady Judd when he was a lieutenant, and then he went on to Lake Wales, is where we're where I really am from, but. He went to join the police department there. He was like a school resource officer for a little while. Then he got into corporate security. So growing up, I saw my dad as a cop. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I, I base everything on that. Like even my favorite uh, Bible verse is John 15, 13. You know, I, everything that I do, I was like, man, I just want to be a cop. I want to be a cop, you know. Um, greater love has no one in this than he who lays down his life for his friend. Yeah. So <laughs> running in the blood. Yeah, I, right. I get that. Um, my parents were both paramedics and I married one. So look at that. <laughs> well, I, I did EMT stuff there for a while, but I was like, that's not for me. Not so, for me. But yeah, funny I get enough. It. Yeah. I went to college cause I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was a senior in high school. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. 
I started going to college for EMT. So I did my oh, first nice. responders nice. class. I what, was what? A, yeah. So I was a first responder <laughs> first. Represent. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, man, college sucks. It I am does. not. It's I am the not worst. made for it. It's I don't like great. it. Yeah. So I was like, what are my options? And so I had a buddy who was going in the military and he was like, just join the military. So it's dope. We have free guns. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I went to the one without the free guns. I went to the Air Force. Ah, <laughs> womp, womp. Womp. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. How long have you been sitting on that, So buddy? long. Oh, so man. long. God almighty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, I actually tried the Navy first, and the Navy recruiters were terrible. They didn't. They did not follow up. They didn't want any part of it. So I went to the Air Force recruiter, and he got me in. So going in, I told him, I was like, I want to be a cop. That's that's what I want to do. I want to be a cop in the Air Force. And he was just like, you don't want to do that. That's gonna. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> you like, don't want to do that. That's the first time a recruiter said that to anyone ever. Jeez. You know, You're like I want to scoop up poop with my bare hands in the navy. You're in. You yeah, start tomorrow. Exact, yeah, <laughs> I'll get you there right away. You can skip boot camp if you want to go do that. Well, so <laughs> he said no that I didn't want to do that because he said all I'm going to do is check gate, like check the gate, the IDs there. Everybody's coming through. That's all I was going to do is just be a glorified security oh. guard. And I was like, man, all right. And he was like, I say that because I see more potential in you. So you should go into Intel. Intel, you're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck. And you get a top secret security clearance. You get to do all these cool things. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm in. You talked me into it. (laughs) So I started going down that route. And in basic training... My class spot was taken by somebody who had a family emergency, so he had to bump down to a next class, which was my spot. And I didn't have that spot guaranteed. I kind of went into the Air Force on a contract saying, I'll do whatever you need, but this is my preference. And they were trying to give me that. But when that filled up, they had to put me in the next available thing, which was medical admin. (laughs) That is a womp womp right there. That is a womp womp. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, so my whole heart goes over to you. Just hold on to it. God. Man, so it, thankfully, you know. How long I, did you do that for? Well, okay. So I went into it and I, I did my schooling and everything. I go to my first base, which that's another womp womp is I put all the I put all the overseas bases and they were like, You have to put something stateside. You have to put something oh, in the United States. Come on. At least one thing. So I was like, fine, I'll put uh, the state of Florida. That's all I know. And that's, that's where, I'm where from. they sent you. They sent me to yeah. Tampa, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa, Florida is where I went. You can go anywhere in the world, but you're going to go 30 miles that way. <laughs> you're going to go 30 yeah, miles God, from where you live. Yeah. Uh, great. Cool. So, see the yeah. world to right over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. as far yeah. as you can see. <laughs> so, Good night. Yeah. I, I got sent to Tampa, and I did medical admin for about, so in all, I did five years. Oh, my god! So my yeah. first year, I did, uh, I did medical records which is an important job. Yes. Just not for me. Yeah. Not for someone that wanted to be a cop. Yeah. That was Boy, like, that's a rehearsed answer. Yeah. Oh, it's an yeah. important job. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I, I worked in medical records for how long did I last? Oh, 
uh, eight months, I think. That, I and was I was gonna, like, I was going to say six. I done. thought it was six I'm months. I'm done. Mm. Remember yeah, where you got a couple a... paychecks and you just, I came home one day on a Monday like, and I'm, you were I'm on out. the couch. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's it not for everyone. No, it was yeah. so tedious. Yeah. Man. But I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned how to deal with people. I learned the importance of paperwork and how important it is to keep track of your paperwork. Yeah. So I also learned that every anybody in the medical field is going to see your personal stuff. Yeah. Including pictures. Yeah. Which 100%. is horrible. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> How often a day do I say, I did not sign up to see this many peckers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. How often a day do yeah. I say that? I know. I did not sign up to see this many. That's right. I didn't sign up to see any, but yeah. apparently, I mean. That's what I said as a surgical assistant. I was like, that's, I did not expect to see so many naked people. It's like running through a hot dog <laughs> farm. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember signing that contract saying, can't wait to see how many dicks I get this year. (laughs) You know? My favorite is dicks, so that's that's all all I'm here for. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm doing this for. You got a bunch of dicks in there you need checked out? I'm your guy. I am your man. Man. Oh, gosh. So, (laughs) thankfully, I only had to do that for a year. Um, And then I got to choose to go to a different route in the medical admin field. So, I went IT. And I started working IT, and I got really good at it. And I came to a point where I had a crossroads. I had the opportunity to jump in with the Office of Special Investigations, which is pretty much what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, that's like a detective. Like, Mm -hmm. I can skip being the street cop and go straight to being the detective. It was either that or I did communications for the White House. That's kind of cool, too, though. I was getting routed both ways. I was getting recruited for both. And I was like, man, I really just don't know. So I thought about it and I, I prayed about it. And I eventually went to the office of special investigations. And, uh, that is how I got my career started. I did that for on active duty for three years. And now I've been in the reserves doing the same job for three more years. So let's talk about what you do in there. <laughs> Classified. Classified. Yeah, just- <laughs> I 100% expect to say Everything is classified. Classified. Can't talk about yeah. it. Some of it can be classified. There you go. <laughs> so you are right. See? Uh, for the most part, I explain it this way. Of course, I always say, like, if anybody's ever seen the show NCIS, I'm always like, yeah, we're kind of like that, but we don't solve murders in 40 minutes and we don't shoot somebody every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's not it's not uh. part of the job. <laughs> it's not part of the job in NCIS, too. That's just, that's Hollywood. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's mainly just felony crimes. So any, The big stuff. Right. So Office of Special Investigations handles the felonies while the security forces, which is like the military police for the yeah. Air Force, uh, they have their own investigations and they handle the misdemeanors and like the, like the military law. Like, I don't want to say small time stuff. It's just stuff that has less uh, sentencing and less, uh, you know, consequence I to gotcha. it. I gotcha. So we handle the felonies, and that's half of what we do is the law enforcement, mm-hmm. federal law enforcement, and then the other half is the intelligence agency where we are collecting intelligence, doing counter-intel ops. and. That sounds pretty cool. If I had to sum up <laughs> our job overseas, when we deploy, our big thing is collecting intelligence, finding out who the bad guys are, putting that package together, and then giving it over to like the SEALs and all those guys to tell them, like, hey, those guys are bad. Go kill them. Yeah. That's essentially <laughs> what we do. 
<laughs> we point the finger and they do it. It culminates to you holding a picture of somebody and just showing it to a bunch of attack dogs. <laughs> and they disappear into the night. And then I say, sick them. And then they go, go get them. Yeah. Murder the shit out of them. So we're talking like anti-terrorism and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Is there Are there any cases that you can... So generally when I talk about cases, I usually just do like a broad, like I don't mention names or where I was when yeah. I did it or anything like that. Just because, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast. And this is the, this is kind of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast. Correct. Right. Correct. So do you guys, I know that um, you guys are just getting started. You have four or five episodes yep. out now. We have five, six, one will launch on Tuesday. And it is Criminal Motives. You can find it wherever you stream your podcast. You and your father who does this with you, Detective. He goes by de- just Detective Earl, I think, Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Detective <laughs> Earl. That's his thing. I'm sure if somebody really wanted to find out, they could find out his name. But... How thick is that Florida accent on him? Does he dress it up a little bit? Come on. Dish it right now. Listen, I've I've listened. I heard it's, it. I want to know how much of it's real. It's your pops nice. talks like that. Oh, that is one. Is that hundred percent? That's your dad. Him. That's, oh, that's him. Amazing. I thought he was dressing it up a little. I kind of hoped it. No, no. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, I don't know that this guy's not from here. You can't. I mean, he could be. I know from Florida to California. This guy could be from yeah. anywhere across the South. I cannot yeah. pin his accent down. It's so thick. I love it so much. Listen, I'm. I was destined to be like a hillbilly because my dad <laughs> is from Kentucky. My mom is from West Virginia. I had no chance you of didn't. not. And when I was no. born in Florida. I don't yeah. know how I can understand you. That's amazing. <laughs> I think I've changed it over the years. I will say, like, when I'm either if I'm like mad or if like I'm like focused or something two like beers deep something will happen yeah yeah, yeah. a couple <laughs> beers deep that'll probably come out but uh like one time i was clean behind the couch and of course when you pick up the couch there's gonna be like crumbs it's and a stuff. nightmare yep. yeah it's a war so, zone. The, so the dog is in there like getting stuff and i'm like trying to put the couch back down and she wouldn't get out of the way i'm like get on out of here and i was just like <laughs> I, I i actually didn't even realize it and my wife was like what <laughs> she <laughs> never <laughs> said that i was like oh that must be uh I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Oh, you know, man. I feel I feel like maybe we can just understand each other and know and the listeners just hear true. a bunch of this. God, I hope that's what's that's true. That's all I they hear. There's 10,000 people listening to this and nobody knows what's Only going on. Only Southerners can understand this podcast. Everybody listening is going to be like, what did he say to his dog? You, you put, like, it has, like, pr- the printed subtitle thing yeah, on your phone that yeah. <laughs> translates yes. it for you. Yeah. Yes. We have to have that. The entire show. podcast. Uh, it, motor, motor Ol is another one. Ol. My, nope. my yeah, wife is Ol. like, okay, see, I'm glad you guys say it. So. No. Ol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope my it's, wife listens to this episode because. You got a little it's prominent she, here in she Oklahoma. She constantly just. She says, it sounds like your brain just dies when you say that word. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go put some motor. Uh, and, like, your brain just dies. <laughs> like, you stop. You leave me alone. That's my heritage. 911, my husband's having a stroke. Where is she from? What state is she from? Technically born in the panhandle of Florida, which okay. is South Alabama. Okay. Uh, and You said that like it's not better. <laughs> it's not better at all. You know? <laughs> and she she. Grew up a little bit in Utah. So she she got to get away from it for a while to really hear it 
come out mm. sometimes. Well, listen, <laughs> when you and I first got together, oh, mine was bad. It was, buddy. It, it was. This real is going to sound a little sexy, but <laughs> a southern accent. If it's really thick, it's mostly tongue. <laughs> That's the, disgusting. The lips almost never touch. <laughs> She don't call around back in the house. Yeah. I mean, it is no. that you never touch your lips. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible Stephen King novel. Hers was We're like, so don't, bad. Don't go on down that that road right there. Want to go on up there? Nobody ever turns on that road. That's I swear to God, that's what she sounded like. It was cute though. There's, it was cute. I, I liked it. Oh, I you know what? It, She's so gonna get fine. mad if I don't mention this. Her family, her dad is from England. Oh, well, her that's dad cool. speaks in an English accent still. Ooh. Okay, so, that's prominent. How much does it catch you off guard when he does it? Not anymore. Uh, at first, I was just like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> and then she called him, and I was just like, hey, okay. Is, is your dad <laughs> with me right now? <laughs> hey, like, is your dad <laughs> with me? Are you serious? <laughs> really from ink? So, like, I could, I could understand him, but his parents, who have since passed away, but his parents, they had a thick accent. Like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't. And there were when I first met them the first couple times, like they said something, I was just like, I'd have to look, like look at my wife, like what they say. It's like I need to become a lip reader. Yeah. <laughs> Shake their hand, say goodbye, get in the car, look at your wife, and go. So how did that go? Because I yeah. do not know. No what idea. Happened. No idea what happened in there. They'd say something, I'd say, "Go on out here." I don't know. Like yeah. I, I did. <laughs> what? What you would? So, oh. speaking of all these different states, like, yeah. what, what states have you got to work in so far? Like, mm. even if it was just a case. Yeah, good question. So, obviously, Florida. Um, <laughs> a lot going on there, buddy. <laughs> they need you. Yeah. Florida. It's something else. Uh, so, I've worked in Florida. I've worked in Alabama. Obviously, I've worked in Oklahoma because I'm here now. It's true. Uh, I spent some time uh, up in Idaho before. I've... Spent some time in uh, Georgia, and you just kind of get to go everywhere, don't you? Yeah. So, like, as a reservist, you definitely go everywhere. Like, you cool. just go wherever that. Like, I ever I go everywhere the Air Force needs me. Yeah. Wherever that envelope says, somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Here's your next spot." And I'm like, "Welcome back. Good job. Get out." <laughs> I'm like, "Altus, Oklahoma. Where is that?" They so have to send me to real places, sir. <laughs> Sir, this is fake. I can't go there. <laughs> Listen, I can tell you it's going to break your heart. Altus is very real. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. And there's nothing there. Oh, yeah. All three people that live there are asleep right now, so they're not listening <laughs> to this. It's fine. I'm sorry if you live in Altus. You listen to this podcast. I'm sorry. It's aggressive. I'm sorry. I love Altus. Great, great. So, time. how long do you usually get to stay in these places, just depending? On- so, yeah, depends on. Most of the time, it's two weeks. So I do my two-week annual training or annual tour is what they call it. So I do two weeks at a place, and then I have 12 training days that I can kind of do wherever I want. And the training days are really just for, like, my own personal, like, CBT, or sorry, computer-based trainings or, like, all these different things. Stateside, that's mainly where I've been. And then there's been... Um, some overseas assignments that I've done. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to Italy. I've gone to England. Oh, that's awesome. And um, there's a couple other places that I've been to. It's a different experience. It is a different experience. Listen, but... in your defense, Florida is another world. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that's its whole own yeah. 
parallel dimension. Yeah, you can find anything there. Like you can you can find rednecks, you can find city folk, you can find yuppies, you can find old people everywhere. Literally everywhere. I'm actually working in Oklahoma. I'm at Altus. So let's talk about some of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast. Like I say, if my listeners come listening to your podcast, what are they going to hear? Detective Earl. He's had some pretty interesting cases working in corporate security. And also just because he has more years of experience than I do, he's going to have more stories. So he has a lot of interesting things that have happened throughout his career. So... I think I've only talked about one of my cases so far. I have a couple episodes in the future that I'm going to be talking about more cases of mine, but he's talked about a lot of his corporate security stuff, but we have uh, we have some people that we're going to line up that we're going to have guests soon. Awesome. So we're going to be talking to them, talking about their experience. And uh, people are like way more receptive to being on a podcast than you would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, you can mostly just be like, hey, you want to be on podcast? And they're like, oh... Hells yeah, I'm there. <laughs> right. There's some people that are going to be like, well, let me l- look into it and I'll, I'll let you know. But I've had one. Yeah. One out of how many? I have like 20 guests so far and just one was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I approached you, so you didn't even have to work to get me here. Yes, but also <laughs> I was just like immediately was like, yes, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. Because it, it's fun. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why would you not? I'm having a blast. <laughs> I'm just happy to be part of the team. It's a blasty you know? blast. It's this so, or I have to go do dishes. So I'm, I'm happy to be, I couldn't be happier to so be a part of it. I know you wanted to hear about like some of the cases I've yeah. worked. And, and you don't have to get in like specifics sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. Because like, yeah. if, I mean, if we start war story swapping, this will be a 72-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know it's going to be like, forever. We'll be here for all, all day. How many missing persons have you dealt with? Oh, yeah. Do you do that? Missing persons. Do you do that at all? Yeah. I mean, it it definitely happens. People do go AWOL, and and they get caught eventually. Um, There are some. I think, I'm pretty sure OSI has their own, on their website, they have some open, like, missing people that have gone AWOL or something like that. So, here's a fun story. I had very minimal involvement in this, but I was... I just happened to be there when this was happening. And so it was at McDill. There, in 1970-something, there was, oddly enough, an OSI agent who requested to leave the military early. And he wanted to do this because he was dating this girl who was still technically married to someone, but she was being abused. And so she, like wanted to leave. She wanted to get out of there. And he felt it was his like duty to like get him out or Mm -hmm. get her out of that, get her out of that situation. So he requested early. He only had like three months left on his military contract and then he could get out. And he said, he has, he has to be released early. They said, no, he crafted fake identification. And then he left, he fled. And what? he moved to, I want to say it was like Maryland or Maine or, it was somewhere where he didn't get a lot of attention. And there's only like three months left where you just wait. Why couldn't you just go on r r go down there and grab her and move her up here and put her in a hotel for I three months? Know. brother? I don't, I don't know. Okay. No, we're, we're going to the wrong part. <laughs> so, that, that part's already been done. That's done. So he, he hid under this fake name for years years and then 2017 2018 uh we have we have a cold case unit at our at osi headquarters um and every once in a while you know they'll 
they're well, they're constantly working on cases, but um, every once in a while they get a hot lead on something. So they looked into this cold case of an AWOL OSI agent, and they started running some things, running some checks and everything, and come to find out he was actually in Florida, and they tracked him down. And That's not good. So, no. So <laughs> we, we got the information sent to us by the cold case unit, and one of our, uh, one of my buddies, Taylor, he, he ran up to this city that was like three hours north of Tampa, three hours north of McDill. Went up there, knocked on the door, and he said, hey, are you, I don't even remember the dude's name, but he's just like, hey, are you this guy? And he was just like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> and he's like, you know why I'm here? And he's like, I've been expecting you for 40 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, 42 years yeah. from 76 to 18. That's nuts. Gosh. So I guess I never realized, but there's like no um, like limit. On how long you can, like, it's just always. The, no. You're just always on the you run. You break military law, they'll <laughs> come dig your body up and cuff it. Like, they don't care. There's his bones. There we is can not close the a case. statute of limitations for AWOL. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh, wow. they, they. I didn't know that. They, I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So they cuffed him up, brought him back to McDill. I mean, this dude's like, he's old. Yeah. He's, he's like 70. Yeah. He's like right? 78. <laughs> oh he's my old. Gosh. And. So they didn't put him in confinement, but they put him in like a dormitory, like where our brand new airmen that just graduate from basic training go and live on base. They uh-huh. he, they put him in there, and he served about 20 days before his trial. And the strangest thing to me was watching, going to the courtroom. So I went to his, I went to his trial, and uh, just, to, just to see an old man in a in a so in the blues uniform, like yeah. the dress uniform, yeah. as a staff sergeant, which is like you know a little bit younger than I am. That's that's usually who wears a staff sergeant rank. And then he rises up; he can barely like stand up, and, and he's in his full blues. And I'm like, man, this is wild. Like, that's nuts. That's yeah. insane. And so the judge weighed out all the options, and he was like, you know, you, I understand why you did it. You only had a little bit of time left. You've served twenty days confinement. Oh, also, he had to be um, he had to be assigned to a unit. They had to put him back on active duty. What? Well, yeah. I mean, so, they got him back. Yeah, You're no longer able. I did right. not know they did that either. Yes. So they put him on it. They put him on active duty. They assigned him to the finance unit, and he was in there sweeping floors for finance. Oh my gosh! In pure military fashion, if you don't have a job, you're gonna go clean something. Grab a broom, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Yeah, you're gonna go mow that grass. You're gonna go paint those rocks. You're gonna do something. That's There's insane. Always PT. There's always, always PT. Always. Yeah. So That's crazy. The judge gave him. I think he gave him like 30 days. So he only had like eight more days left of uh, confinement to do. So he spent eight more days on base, and then he left and he went and now he's living his life in Florida. That's so God. insane. How crazy would it be to find out that like he left for that girl and she broke up with him like a month later? <laughs> Ooh, that would be so bad. Before he was even out of the yeah. thing. She was like, I gotta go. He'd probably just okay. go right back like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, he'd just, probably yeah. come back if that happened. He'd be like, all right, look, I know you're, gonna, I know you're mad. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me wonder if like maybe they like, you know, got married, had some kids. He lived like this like passenger style life and then, you know the movie, Passengers? Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm just... And then, you know, he walks off under the trees and he's like, 
take got me arrested. In. Take, <laughs> take me in. I lived my life. It gets tackled and immediately just seventy-eight hit tackled by some giant MP by Boom. some some Derek Morgan that just takes them out. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh. Well, that's I, crazy. That's wild, though. I mean, first of all. It, not even considering the part that he left with three months left. That's part. That's wild all by itself. Yeah. Because I can't think of a reason that I wouldn't just be like, I need two days. I'll be right back. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and he was just like, I'll throw my life in the toilet for this. That part's wild all on its own. Yeah. But the other part is seeing a 78-year-old man in a staff sergeant uniform. Yeah. That can barely stand up. That's nuts to me. Yeah. That's nuts. And all rise for for the judge, and he stood up barely, and Aww. man, I it's was like, like this is so yeah. crazy. That's nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's they're still married. They're still married. That's so, insane. Yeah, they're 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 Aww. living their life. She's very dependent on him, so Worth it was kind of hard for him to be away. Yeah. But they made it work. So worth it. Yeah, I mean, worth it. I don't know about worth it, but <clears throat> oh, you don't I mean, know. <laughs> but it was crazy. The news was all over it. They're all over it, and everybody in that town knew like that wasn't his name. Like the name he was going by was Rusty not his name. Shackleford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name was like uh, whatever. Hank Hill. I'm sure if you looked up McDill deserter, you'd probably find him. And are most of your missing persons just AWOL recovery? Yeah, I mean. There aren't a huge, so like, and I'm not bashing the army or anything, but the army has had an influx of missing people and they're. That's why I asked. Right. So, and, and it's, it's gained some national media attention Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. We did a whole episode over just Fort Hood alone. Yeah. 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 We don't have a lot of those missing cases, missing people cases where like they're missing for no reason. Like truly missing. Right. Truly no idea where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Most people, they, most people that flee. They're either, like, about to be put on trial or something like that. It's either they flee, they flee, they kill themselves, or they go they go to trial. And, yeah. like, yeah. and it's the sad truth. Like, I hate it because it's, like, just go to trial, take your responsibility for yeah. what you've done, and then just move on. Like, make a change in your life and, and go be a better person. You mess up, own it. Yeah. Right. That is a fact. Right. Oh, do you do murders? I don't know if you know this, but this is a murder podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I have worked one murder. I've I've worked one homicide, and uh, I felt I felt so bad for the kid. Uh, it wasn't like I've seen my fair share of dead bodies and stuff like that, and like you get you get desensitized to it, like you have, and um, but I felt bad because it was it was meaningless. So oh, like, see. yeah, yeah, mm. like absolutely no point behind it. Ran at all. my fair share of those where you're like, wait, what? Your why? Yeah, that is so infuriating. Dumb. I will it's be dumb. outside. Yeah. This meth junkie, and I say that because like that's just how he lived his life. He was a junkie. Truth yeah. comes at you fast, buddy. Yeah. So this meth head stole a truck from a construction company at the hotel he was living near. Like I think he lived behind it or something like that. He stole their construction truck. Went on a joyride, went to a friend's house, grabbed a gun. He was high the whole time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was driving again, and it's in, it's like late at night. He pulls up. He pulls up at this red light. Nobody else around except for the one car that's next to him. Just randomly Mm-mm. points the gun out the window, shoots, and shoots a National Guard airman. What? Come on. Just, Just random. And didn't even aim. He just like... Pointed the gun out the window and just kind of shot because he's like in the driver's seat and the car was to the right of him. Oh my so gosh. he's on the left side of the vehicle. He just points out the window, shoots, 
just happened to shoot the kid, uh, like, back of the head and went through his jaw and oh my god he tried he tried to like he tried to drive away he he's like driving down the road and then you can kind of tell that he he dies midway driving down the hill because you there was a gas station at the very bottom of the hill that had surveillance and they watched he was like going with the curves and then all of a sudden he stopped going with the curves and then he just ran into a right was uh, it. a light yeah. <gasps> you can literally die for no reason I say that I know all the time to you. it's all just the time. like God, just why? You yeah. could die for no reason. This kid was just, he was on orders. Uh, he was doing his training, and he was on his way to go see his girlfriend at the time, and he was on his way back to the unit, and so it just senseless. happened. Yeah. That's yeah. so senseless. So it was, it was a very upsetting But you homicide. got the guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't you take much. Him. The construction <laughs> truck had GPS on it. Oh, my it, God. So, like, it was like, what? didn't even take that... I, I didn't even I wasn't even there for most of that part because uh, it was that state's uh, like it was like a bureau that they had yeah and they were investigating it and they they saw it right like they learned about it saw the GPS on the truck went got him done deal oh my god charged him with murder so good <laughs> deal good yeah good and he was like he had a string of history so there was no way he was getting out of that one it Jeez. never ceases to amaze me how stupid I know. criminals are. I know. It never ceases to amaze me. So uh, when you deal with the, do you do a lot of contraband? Is it serious stuff or is it like little stuff? Like I brought defined He's contraband. already said that he only deals with the big well, stuff. Well, I know, but I'm talking about like, uh, okay, Felony so let's say, stuff. like I can imagine in the military, a lot of weapons go missing, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is it like, hey, I brought an AK-47 home that I wasn't supposed to have, or is it like, hey, I brought home a Nazi bar of gold that I'm not supposed to have? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's what I'm asking. Like, how how far is the breadth on the on the stuff that you have to track down that's felonious contraband? There's been, there's been uh, some interesting things that people have stolen. Um, I once ran a case where, uh, we were, we were running the case for like, uh, to be honest, I don't even remember what it was for. I think it was like for drugs or something like that. We're searching the guy's house. We go into the garage and we see a, uh, I want to say about a 15 foot missile laying in the garage. What? A missile? Like, like, what did you just say to me? A big, like, Drop bombs, warhead, oh. warheads what? on foreheads is what we say. What? Wow. And it was right there in the garage. Oh and I was gosh. like, um, yeah, hey, uh, boss, uh, <laughs> come here. You're going to want to see this. <laughs> if I'm going to get exploded here in a minute, you're going to be with me. So it's going to hit you anyway. So at least know what's coming. That's oh most of it. My yeah. Gosh. Does that, is that one where you notify like, like, hey, I need you to come in here right now. Like, it's go like, time. You, you gotta go, call the bomb like, squad for that, right? Like, so, hey, can I borrow you for a minute? We looked at it. <laughs> we we both like just stared at it for like a minute. <laughs> like that cannot be what we think that is, and right? And <laughs> that's kind of the maybe the it's com- a replica. That's the assumption we came to. We went up to it. It w- it was the shell, but it was hollowed out. Okay, oh, okay. it was used at at that certain place that I was at. It was used as like a storage. Unit, but it's something that never leaves the military. Yeah, never leaves the base. But somehow it was there. We seize it, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) for obvious reasons. I'm like, well, we have a search warrant for drugs. Let me call the judge and be like, hey, so can I add uh, like missiles and bombs to it? (laughs) And the judge is like, I'm sorry, it's 3 a.m. What did you just say? What did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) So. 
we have we have Dodge Rams. <laughs> we have these trucks, and we just put the missile right in the back of the truck. Oh my god! Poking up, poking out the back. No, thank <laughs> you. So like just it was redneck as fuck with it was a strap like, over it. It was in the bed, and you could see the tail out the truck. No question, that is a missile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're clearly carrying like a giant bomb. <laughs> Oh, man. I love my security forces defenders. They do a great job, except for a select few. So this is one of those examples. (laughs) We roll up to the base, and we're in our two trucks. And the one in front of me, you know, he checks the ID. He goes on with the missile. And I roll up, and I'm like, do you have any questions? And he's just like, huh? (laughs) I was like, did you not just see what was in that truck? And he looks, and he's like, what is that? I was like, oh we just carried gosh. a bomb on the base. <laughs> it's a missile, yeah. sir. Just chill. Don't freak out. It's not live. Oh, my God. Don't worry. You're doing a great job. I'm sorry I even pointed it out to you. <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> sorry. You can go back inside and go to sleep. Yeah, go back to uh, sleep, we'll just let. We'll just go. <laughs> so we managed to bring a, ba- a bomb Right from onto the, a military From the base. looks of it, right on the base. Couldn't and I was anybody. just... In I, the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> just hanging see out. that driving down the road, I'd have been like, what in the Yeah, I bet you got tailgated hell? by zero people. The <laughs> <whole way. laughs> Everybody diverted off the road. Yeah. Everybody's driving so nice. This is nice. It's good. I felt like Bruce Almighty where he just like splits the traffic with his fingers. See, that's the answer. We can get people to get out from in front of my ambulances if we just tape a missile... Right on the to top. the top of the ambulance. That's and then it. they'll pull to the right. That's it. That's all I need. Yeah. I don't even need the whole road. I just want the far <laughs> left lane. You guys just get over there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask about bombs, but we we segued into it. It was a great <laughs> segue, yes. Uh, <laughs> so I got to ask, you said it was used for storage. What was in the missile? Beer. Oh, it's so sad. I wanted it to be something so cool. No. Like Nazi gold? <laughs> well, no. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Something cooler than fucking Coors Light. I mean, you know. It was in the garage in the middle of winter. It was used to store was, beer. All right. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty redneck for that's, you. Yeah. So. If the drugs would have been in there, that would have just completed the that's whole circuit. That's what I was going to say. That's why I asked. I wanted to know you... if it was like, full of cocaine. That would have been awesome. Did you guys find the drugs? Did you get the drugs? Yeah, they were on were the coffee drugs? table next to another missile. He didn't have, he only had like residual, a little bit of ah. like paraphernalia. He didn't have anything there. Just a bunch on his did we figure? Yeah. Did we figure out where he acquired that? How he got it? So the place that I was working at was a fighter squadron. There was a fighter squadron ah, on the base. So okay, okay. It was gotcha. common to have bombs and jets. Gotcha. Are, do you mean how did he, not, not like where he got like it? Like how the hell? did he get it home he just the same you, way dude, the same way that they brought it in the base that same guard was working they, they drove were, right the <laughs> past him <laughs> he's just like Forrest Gump waving as he goes by <laughs> except it wasn't a Dodge Ram it was like a Chevy Aveo it was sticking out the sticking out the window. window yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness I have I don't remember I'm pretty sure we asked him because I mean we went into the interview room and we're like hey you want to guess what I found at your house? <laughs> oh, my god! We moved you from the nice room into the room with the one chair and the table with the chains on it. You want to guess why that is? <laughs> oh, God. You tell me, terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but old Buford had an answer for it. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. What is your most memorable, if you can talk about it, case so far? And and listen, we get that as responder family. Like we're <laughs> yes. not asking the worst shit you've ever seen. No, we talk about the one that like, we know better. That like made you feel great yes. to do it. Like you were mm. like, Fuck yeah, I'm a like your hero. best case. I mm. have a no. I have a really strict. We don't ask what the worst case is you ever saw. Sure, we know better than that. We know better. Yeah, we know better than that. We want to know what made you feel like a superhero. That's uh, the one I want to know about. Yes. The so, one that made you feel like I deserve a TV show made about me. Because I've ran that call before. Where I was like, I'm the fucking best there is. I wake up in piss excellence. Like, that's the call that I want. I want to know about it. Oh, man. So, the most rewarding cases are any yeah. child sex yeah. crimes. So whether they are producing it or they're, they're you know, wh- whatever it is, like anything that have to do with taking advantage of children, yeah. those are like my, my most rewarding cases. Like I, I'm, I always feel like, man, I fi- I did something good in the world. For today. sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Except Absolutely. for all the missing cases of beards, stupid drunk dudes fighting each other and all yeah. that stupid bullshit. It makes up for it. Yes. Because you fixed one person who really, truly couldn't defend themselves. I'm telling you, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. And it could have yeah. been more. It yeah. could have been way more. Think of how many you stopped from getting to. Dude. You're yeah. That's so, bravo. Bravo. So the one that I feel like I was like, man, I, I, I did really good. How I stopped a serial rapist. Ooh, my man. Yes. You have yes. my fucking full attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclusive. We'll call it Exclusive. That. Oh. Yeah. What, what? I got a call about a case involving someone who uh, he had went out one night and he was at the bar and people were already saying like he was really like rough and like just kind of just I'm the big macho man like just kind of like asserting himself everywhere he went mm-hmm. and uh, but we got a we got a call and he's uh, the detective that was working at the time good buddy of mine was just like hey man we got a we got an Air Force guy he. I guess he like got this girl drunk and then he, he raped her mm-hmm. and then she went to get her stuff the next day and he pulled a gun on <gasps> her just what? for trying to get her stuff back. And so I was like, all right, brother, I'll take it. No worries. So, uh, we, we start running it down. We get him in the room. He had actually been in trouble for this kind of thing before. So he had, uh, he lawyered up, he didn't talk to us. And so we, that's when we started talking to other people. We, you know, we talked, we talked to the victim. Right. Um, we just talked to the victim briefly just because that police department had jurisdiction mm-hmm. because it happened off base. Right. So they talked to the victim first and we got all the information from that. Uh, so we started talking to like just people and then we come to find out he had a girlfriend. So we go to the girlfriend and we, that poor girl and we start talking to her. Uh, she had just found out a couple days before that like, she had just she just found out that all this happened, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so she she you know we asked her like hey what happened like what's going on did he tell you anything about it and stuff like that so she's like you know he uh, he said he was working late and I I couldn't call him I couldn't text him because he was just working and he didn't oh want to be bothered gosh. and uh, this is ha- she said that same like he had been working that whole like story basically had been told multiple times yeah. and throughout the relationship so yeah of, of like you do yeah yeah uh one of the guys i was working with actually knew this guy and knew the girlfriend so it was almost like 
it's one of those things going into it. We're like, man, I don't know if by you being there, if this is going to make it awkward for her yeah, or if like, this is going to make, this is going to help. So yeah. it ended up helping that he was there because he was just like, Hey, look, you, you know me, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just here to help. So thankfully she said she would open up if we were at her parents' house. So we drove to her parents' house, conducted the interview there um, because her parents knew everything by that time. And so that's when she told us that he was very, he was abusive. He was like, he was like beating her up and there was like multiple accounts of just like physical abuse. <sighs> and so after talking to their friends, they were all like, yeah, we, we noticed that she had a lot of bruises and like she had a black eye one time. And we just kept asking like, what's going on? But she, she, you know, at the time she defended him. She, she, you know, if, if you want to call it Stockholm syndrome or whatever, I was like, about to say Stockholm brainwash, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah. And it happens. And I think the average is like seven instances before they finally like leave or report it or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we start tracking down all these different leads. We start talking to all these different people come to find out he, he raped somebody in college. He raped somebody at his last base. Oh my gosh. He raped somebody like in high school, but we couldn't like get that Why full Why was he not in jail? He was tried for a couple of them. He, like he had went to court, and there was inconsistencies with the investigation that caused it to oh, go through. Of course, yeah. See, yeah. And that just tells you as an investigator, you got to line this yeah. out. It's got to yeah. yeah. perfect. So we knew going into it, we were like, we have to do this right. Yeah. So we did. We did everything we could, and we did it right. Finally, got it all done. Got it all wrapped up. I believe the the county tried to prosecute him, and they were unsuccessful as well. And then the military got it. Which is, you know, it's such a, you know, I, the UCMJ and uh, the JAG Corps, like, they work so hard, and sometimes they, they just, they don't get the exact outcome that we're all looking for. Yeah. And sometimes they get screwed out of stuff, too. But this was a case where, like, they, they won. They got him. Oh. He got put away, so he got put away for 30 years. Ooh, yes. Because yes. yeah. they were able to get the ones prior at his last base and this one, and it was just, it all added up, and, yeah, he got... I mean, 30 years. That's really awesome. After so many people couldn't catch him, Mm -hmm. lack of evidence or botched investigation or whatever it is, like it's, that's got to be really satisfying. That'll make you shoulder check somebody in the hallway coming out of the courthouse. (laughs) Just (laughs) because. I'm the baddest motherfucker of all time. Yeah, here I am. Yes. Yeah. So it was a huge collaborative effort um, from my, my guys that I worked with and, and myself. And it was, it was good. It That's was really, awesome. that was a good win. And the, the whole trial happened after I left that place yeah. that I was at. And I got a text from my old supervisor. He was just like, nice work, man. Look what we did. Yes. Yeah. Makes, yeah it makes me wonder how long it took like deliberation to be like, uh, guilty. <laughs> Cause, Seriously. Cause it took me no time at all. And I didn't even hear every single fact. You I was were, like, that guy's guilty. You were at, you were sitting right there. He took the first part of it and you were like, kill him immediately. Put him to death. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where he was just going to keep doing it until he yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you were the reason he couldn't do it anymore, dude. That feels yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Right? And, uh, yeah. and you are still like, you're still out there working. Right. Oh, yeah. While you're doing this podcast, yep. your dad is the one. He's retired, right? He is doing some corporate security here and there. But from de- like detective work, yeah. From like from law enforcement, he's he's all done. Uh, he'll tell you he's too he's too fat and old. That's his words, <laughs> not mine. But yeah, he's. I feel you, Detective Earl. I feel you. <laughs> 
So, yeah, if you guys want to check out, obviously, this is what he's going to talk about on his podcast. Um, if you guys want to check that out, it is Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape. And you can find that streaming everywhere. Thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. This was great. I'm yeah. so glad we were able to do that. I mean, <laughs> we've only been doing it for a little bit of time, but we love it. Yeah. And we haven't really even done much. So yeah. it's it's awesome. I can I'll warn you right now, it is addictive. Mm. It's addictive. Mm. I'm addicted. Yeah. I am an addict. I am I am Rick. addicted. And I have a problem. <laughs> the first step is admitting. See, there you go. Now we can do it all we want. Hey, yeah, I don't know how it. the steps work. You know. nailed it. You nailed it. I think that's how it goes. I admit <laughs> it and then I just keep doing it. You just it. keep yeah. doing it forever. <laughs> well, there you go. Another great case in the books. Be sure and tune in next week when we unpack a new one. And I hope you have a good week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, go subscribe to our show. And if you liked it, maybe go get a buddy or two to go subscribe to it as well. Give us a like, a comment, a rating, whatever it is that you're watching this on. And make sure to give us some feedback because we want to make sure that we're doing the absolute best we can for our audience. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time on Criminal Motives Behind the Crime Scene Tape.